0: The Small Town Business Podcast is sponsored by Visit Gippsland, the land of many wonders. Head to visitgippsland.com.au to plan your trip. Whether it's walking and hiking or cycling or driving, camping, fishing, drinking and eating, you'll be exploring some of the most unforgettable destinations around. Head to their website or get inspired by their social media. All the links are in the show notes. Have you ever had one of those moments in your business where you just can't anymore? Maybe you're overcommitted or the opposite, not getting enough sales. Maybe you're juggling family or another job, or maybe you're working with someone or on something that just does not light you up. I have moments like this all the time. And every time I find myself struggling, my mind circles back to why I started all this in the first place. Passion. What I do who I do it for, and with, why I do it, it all comes back to really loving the process, the experience, and the outcomes of helping other people succeed. So today I'm talking about passion, not romantic passion, although I am recording this on Valentine's Day, but the kind of passion that you need to drag yourself through the inevitable low points of small business. Welcome to the Small Town Business Podcast. I'm Erica McInerney. I know I've said this before. But one of the most helpful things I set up in my business early on was my values and values statement. It's evolved a little over the years, but the focus hasn't changed. And I think that's because my focus is centered on, you guessed it, what I'm passionate about, what the change is that I want to see in the world, in my niche, in my region. When you can see something is missing and you wish it wasn't, and you know you have the skills or the tenacity to get it done, getting it done can be hugely satisfying. If you've listened to Allie from Walker Events in episode 14, you would have heard her talk about this very thing. She wanted a farmer's market in Mansfield, and when no one else would do it, she decided that she would. 17 years or so later, she's still going, and I could hear it in her voice. It's passion that's keeping her going. For the storeholders, for the community, and for the region, she loves it and could barely draw breath talking about it. Do you feel like that about what you do? Today I'm going to explore a few things, a few thought starters and a couple of tools or processes that I can suggest to you to help you find your passion, to understand how it can backfire and how you can try and prevent that, to identify what part of your business lights you up and fans that flame, how to bring people along with you, and also why it's important to take a break sometimes. If you're sitting in a job you hate right now, dreaming of starting your own business but not sure what to do. Here are some ideas that can help you find what you're passionate about. Start with interests and hobbies that you have. What are they? What do you love doing? And are you good at it? Could you get better at it? Is there some element of this hobby that's missing from your town, your region, or even online? Listen, ask questions. Like you make amazing patchwork quilts and people tell you that you should sell them or that they wish they could learn how to make them. Ask them if they would like to learn how, and if enough say yes, then you could transform that hobby into lessons in person or online or both. If you have enough people interested, then you could start supplying fabric or kits or patterns, and maybe you could open up a small shop that doubles as a workshop space. I could think of stacks of examples, but I want you to think about what you love and what you could potentially monetize. But before you get too excited, one thing that can trip up a passionate entrepreneur is running too far ahead without doing the proper market research. This is when things can really backfire on you. Just because you love doing something doesn't mean there's a market for it, or perhaps that market is super crowded and you've not thought through how you could find your place in there. So while you're still in that job dreaming of your own business, or if you're stuck in a rut with your existing business, it's always a good time to do some market research to try to work out where you can fit. If you have budget, you can hire professionals to do your market research. If you don't, Then you need to hit Google. Find out what's around in the niche you're looking at. What do they offer? Who do they offer it to? How are they offering it? What are they charging? How strong does their online community look? What are the frequently asked questions on their website? What are they not doing? Look nearby, but also look overseas and interstate for information and inspiration. Ask questions. You can create surveys using SurveyMonkey or Google Forms. Or you could join relevant Facebook groups and ask questions in there. If your business is local, then go talk to your business group. Talk to other businesses, especially ones that have a similar target audience. Again, think about what's not available or how you can complement, not compete. Go back to episode seven of this podcast, if you like. There's a lot of advice in there for dealing with and working with local business. If you decide there's a market for you, before you start, perhaps deep dive into exactly what it is that you love about your business or your hobby that you want to turn into a business. Monetizing something changes everything and adds layers and processes and tasks that you might not enjoy. When I go through this discovery process with a client, it's always very revealing and can uncover some behaviors or mindsets or ideas that could block you or trip you up in the future. Let me return to the quilt making idea as an example. You love making quilts, but as soon as you turn it into a business, it becomes a real slog and you don't know why. Taking apart a business step-by-step from day one can help you avoid this. Here are a few steps for your quilting business and what goes into those steps so you can see where the passion killers lurk. So we've got creativity, designing and researching trends, choosing fabric, creating patterns, testing shapes. We've got process, cutting fabric, laying out, sewing, ironing, fitting. We've got sales and marketing, taking video and photos for social media, writing blogs, selling workshop spaces, developing and maintaining your website, writing marketing emails, taking orders. We've got finances, ordering stock, invoicing clients, reconciling accounts, paying bills. We've got workshops, setting up, creating content for the presentation, presenting and speaking, teaching, dealing with people. That's not even everything, but it's a good place to start. When you spend a lot of time doing tasks that you don't like or tasks that make you feel uncomfortable, it can really eat away at your passion for what you do. So my two cents is to go through that process Identify those tasks as soon as you can and find a way to get help or work out how you can do it yourself, knowing what you now know about yourself. Passion can and should be shared. I meet a lot of people who work for community organizations, either in a paid or unpaid capacity. The successful ones have the ability to bring people along with them Over the years, I've learned a few things about this. People who volunteer their time or even take a pay cut to work for a cause or charity, they will often crave purpose. To bring them along with you and have them contribute to the success of your organisation, you should find out why they're there. What lights them up? In the same way I talked about you as an individual, finding the needs and passions of your employees, business partners, volunteers and, of course, customers is absolutely key to keeping them. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, follow your passion many times. But to me, that sounds like my passion is ahead of me, that I'm chasing it, that I'm not doing it. And that doesn't sound like much fun. Identifying your passion and that of those around you and working in it and on it and for it and showing people how to do that, that's going to be a really valuable piece of marketing advice for you. So write that down and add that to your marketing plan to find ways to demonstrate that in your social media and your email marketing and more. I promise you, people are drawn to positivity and passion and purpose. So tell it, show it, do it. Work passion, creative passion, they aren't too dissimilar from romantic passion. It burns hot, and has cool periods, and sometimes inevitably the passion dies, leaving boredom or resentment. If your business is running on a lot of passion and that's your fuel, then I would recommend you make time to take planned breaks, especially from the tasks that you have identified as passion killers. In my line of work, I work with people who struggle with or just don't like using social media. Being on it and in it all the time can be really bad for them so we work out how they can continue to show up effectively and consistently without always needing to be 100% in there, if you know what I mean. Breaking down tasks into manageable time brackets and using things like scheduling tools can be helpful. It's also helpful in other areas of the business. Someone I've sought mentoring from in the past taught me to implement money dates into my workflow, so I mostly invoice and reconcile on two days a month, so I'm not constantly in and out of zero. Little shout out to Ness from B2 Business Together for that gem. Passion is the best kind of foundation for your business or for your work in the community. So it's important to keep it alive, to make it visible to others and to keep fueling it so you can get through tough times. I hope you've got a little bit of inspiration and some tools today to do a little health check on your passion. Thanks for listening. Please get in touch if you have any comments or questions. All my links are in the show notes. Small Town Business was recorded on the lands of the Gunai Kurnai, and I would like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Big thanks to Chris at Jetstreamer for production and editing support. I'd be talking into a tin can without you. Don't forget to subscribe or follow. And if you like what you hear, please write a review to help me reach more people. Thanks for listening.